Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. Let's welcome Brother Rod Vincent. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. You're in the house of the living God. They don't turn me down again. We're glad to be back. And uh, that means this, that some of you have never heard us, and, uh, but uh, I guess it's been six, seven years since we've been back here at Calvary Temple, and uh, I remember many times a great move of God took place uh, in, in this church in revival services, and many people were, have been saved and many have been filled, many have been healed, many have been revived. And so, Sister Vincent and I, we're glad to be back. And uh, like I said, we hadn't been here in about, I guess, six or seven years. And i uh known Brother and Sister Roberts. Uh, we've known each other a long time. In fact, I'll tell you how long it's been. We were deckhands on Noah's Ark. <laughs> and uh, way back uh, when we... Uh, preached in the other churches here in San Antonio, and uh, but I uh, I would I would see I would see Brother Doug uh, periodically at some of the district councils and fellowships, and I'd say to him, you know, Brother Doug, I need to come back and preach at uh, Calvary Temple. He said, I'm praying about it. So the next time I saw him again, I said, you know, I really need to come back and preach for you. He said, I'm praying about it. Finally, I got tired of hearing him say that. I called him up and said, look, I'm going to pay you to let me come. He said, I've prayed about it. When can you come? <laughs> That's not true, okay? I can't be lying in the pulpit. But we, uh, we, we're we glad to be back here today and, and uh, enjoy the powerful, anointed uh, presence of the Lord in the first service today. And so I welcome the second service and just about as many people. And so we're thankful to be here today. Thank you so very much for your future giving. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of churches wait till after we preach and see how we do, you know. But uh, Brother Chris kind of covered that for me. I appreciate him. And uh, we thank you for your giving. Thank you for investing into this ministry. We've been evangelists now for 42 years, and uh, we did pastor two churches, a total of five. But Primarily, we've been evangelists, and uh, we've been missionaries to America, and we thank you. always want to thank people for their giving, and you've invested in us to continue to be on the field, and this church has helped us down through the years, and we appreciate it very, very much. Praise the Lord. Appreciate How many appreciate Brother and Sister Roberts today? Love and appreciate this couple. And now, how about this worship team? Did y'all enjoy this Y'all, amen. Let's let's praise the Lord for this worship team. Oh, I appreciate Brother Brent. I'm telling you, I, I I knew Brother Brent whenever he was uh, just a little boy, and now <laughs> I told him, I told him, I said, I know I'm twice the man I used to be, and he said, Yep. I said, But you're three times the man I used to <laughs> used to know. <laughs> He's a pretty good-sized guy over there. I heard we're fasting today for lunch. All right. How many got your Bibles with you this morning? 
How many got your iPads, iPods, iPhones, black-eyed peas, whatever you got? Go with me this morning, if you would, please, to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 12. I want to give you the title of my message or the theme of my message this morning. And uh, I don't want you to think it's going to be a long sermon because it's not. But I want to talk to you this morning on the ten signs of the closing days of grace in America. In America. First Chronicles chapter 12, beginning with verse number 32 or verse 32. And of the children of Ishkar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. Two powerful points of interest in this verse. One is that they were men that had understanding of the times. And if anybody needs to know their surroundings and the signs of the times in America, it is the church. The second powerful message in this verse, and to know what Israel ought to do. And if anybody, if any institution needs to know what to do, in these trying times that we're living in, it is the church. The church must know what our purpose is in this 21st century. Go with me, if you would, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. But in Matthew, chapter 24, there are some very valuable, if I could have a little bit more monitor, just a little bit more. In Matthew chapter 24, I want to begin reading verse number 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. I want this message, I want this message to be a positive to the people in this room who are walking down the straight and narrow way. I want it to be an encouragement to the church that our redemption is about to draw nigh. And I also want this message to be a warning and to maybe be an alarm clock, an alarm that would maybe speak to someone that maybe you have gotten off you have drifted off this path, this straight and narrow path. 
It may be a question mark concerning your true salvation. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Now these are three important questions that you as an individual, you as the church, perhaps maybe you have asked these three questions here lately. saying, tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Has anybody been asking those questions here lately? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And shall deceive many. Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. These are signs that you and I have witnessed. Have we not? See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation. I believe you would agree that this has happened in our, our lifetime and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and divers places. But listen to this powerful message. All these are the beginning of sorrows because most of the prophecy, most of the signs that Jesus speaks about in Matthew chapter 24, most of them, if not all of them, will be fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation. Now, we as an Assembly of God people, Assembly of God church, Assembly of God ministers, we believe that the rapture of the church will happen before the seven-year tribulation. I really don't have time to argue with anybody. I won't argue with anybody about it. Now, you may be here today and you believe it's going to be a mid-trib or a post-trib. Okay, that's fine, but I am going in the first load. You can go in the second and the third if you want to. But the main point that I'm trying to make is that most of these signs will be fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then will then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. We're now seeing this happen in the church. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Aren't you glad God's still in the saving business? He's in the saving business today. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world 
for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Let, let me give you a little side note in my opinion. By the way, my opinions are normally originated out of my time of prayer in my altars. But I believe this today. I believe all nations have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that sign has been fulfilled, which means that it is now time for the coming of the Lord to take place. Skipping on down to verse 36 or verse 34. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Would you lift your hands with me this morning in your voices, and I'd like for you to ask the Lord to speak to you personally. Would you do that right now? Father, we praise you today for the privilege, the political privilege, to be able to be in the house of the living God today. Our prayer this morning, God, is not one person, that not one person would leave here like they came but that they would know Jesus Christ personally as their Savior and become born again and ready to go in the rapture of the church. Father, would you have your will to be done in this place? Would you walk the aisles of Calvary Temple today? Would you anoint these lips of clay and anoint us, God, to hear your word and to hear your warning? Father, we ask you this in Jesus' powerful name. And all of God's people said, Amen, so be it. I want to preface this message this morning and let you know that this message is not a message, a political message, but that it is a spiritual warning to individuals and also to the church today. Let me quickly, if you got pen and paper, you may, might, might want to write these down, but I want to talk to you about the ten signs of the closing days of grace in America. I am, I've always been concerned. I, I support missionaries to foreign fields, but I am very much concerned as an evangelist and a missionary to America. I am very much concerned about the United States of America today. The first sign that I, 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 I cannot hardly believe that is happening in America, but when the name Jesus would be so profane. The name Jesus, the Son of the living God, now in America, gospel-poor America. We don't only, you know, years ago we used to say, well, there's a church on every other street corner. Well, I can tell you right now, Kathy and I was driving up here today, I can say today that there is a church on every street corner. But even in a gospel-poor nation of America, and I, I cannot believe today that we now have a nation that degrades and cheapens the name of Jesus Christ and for sure has disrespect and disregards Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God. Now, I'm fixing to make a statement that I am not very much uh, proud of, 
But for the first time in 42 years of being an evangelist and, 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 uh, and, and 40, 45 states and five foreign countries, but as an evangelist in 45 states in the United States of America, I have come to the place this year for the first time that it has become difficult. I want you to watch my name, uh, uh, listen, to my, listen to my words this morning. But it has become to a place that it has become difficult for me to convince America that she is still in need of a Savior, Jesus Christ. I did not say a Savior of religion, but a Savior of Jesus Christ today. I heard this on radio from two ministers in Ohio the other day, and I got on the last part of the conversation. And here's what they said. They said because of, of sowing a seedless gospel into America, we're now reaping tares called religion in the United States of America. Listen, the condition, the condition of America today, which has become lawlessness, I believe, is because of the pulpits the last 20, 25 years that has not preached a gospel of Jesus Christ being Savior and only the only Savior that can save America's life today. False doctrines never creates an atmosphere of conviction. False worship never creates an atmosphere of conviction. And we're now in America... We're now fulfilling the second prophecy of Azusa Street Revival prophecy that said that in the last days they would worship a God they no longer pray to. The second sign that I have observed in America that tells us that the rapture of the church is about to take place is when the Bible would be marginalized. I looked up the word marginalized, and it means to be powerless. It has become a powerless position within our society, which means that now the Word of God, the Bible, the Holy Bible, which was inspired by the Holy Ghost, writers were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write this book with standards of God so that a society would live those standards and be Christians and go to a place called heaven. So I looked up the Word, and now the Word the word of God, the Bible, has now become unimportant. The Word of God has now become powerless and has no meaning to most people in America today. And I looked, and my dictionary tells me the definition of that word, but it also tells me when it was first used. So I looked that up, and the word marginalized was first used in 1968. As I look across this congregation this morning, I see that we're, a few of us were around in 1968. I see a few of them weren't around, but I see a few of us was around in 1968. So I got curious about that word. I, I got curious about the spirit of that age. It was first used in 1968, which was the hippie era. It was the famous, infamous Woodstock concert. <laughs> Did anybody go to it? I preached for a lady uh, in Ohio 
Sister Karen Rary, she's not very proud of this, but she said, Brother Rod, I did go to Woodstock, and I was there. I got to thinking about because of the word marginalized, it was a, it was a time of songs like, what's love got to do with it? Another song that became popular in that, in that age, in that generation was, All You Need Is Love. And of course, you had Sonny and Cher, they sung the song, uh, they say, uh, love can't pay the rent. Well, Kathy and I found that out. <laughs> but then I, I'm reminded of Hosea, where Hosea said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And today we have a political party who, who eight, nine years ago voted God off their platform. Not only did they do that, but last month they also voted a resolution to degrade and disrespect Christian values. Church, Christian values is this book that you and I hold today. Christian standards is what this Bible tells us to live by. The third sign that I see is happening concerning the coming of the Lord is when the church would be irrelevant. And because of a lack of respect and want to be in church, we now have a spirit of depression and oppression, and now we have a church society that really doesn't understand the anointing and really doesn't understand real joy. Can I remind us of something here today that the real joy of the Lord is our strength today, and it is the anointing of the Holy Ghost that God wants us to have in our lives. No benefit now. The church has become obsolete Three things has happened inside the church world to where now we're no longer educated and we're no longer edified and we're no longer equipped. But I want to tell you this morning, I know a church in San Antonio, Texas that understands that there is a reason why we come to this church because this church wants to educate you about heaven. He want, they want to educate you about how to make it to heaven. They want to educate you how to have a Savior and not religion and have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're also, you're also attending a church that knows how to be edified. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says that, that uh, Paul said that when you speak in tongues, it edifies your soul. What does that do, Brother Ron? What that does, it helps us crucify the flesh. And you know good and well, every person here today, our biggest problem as individuals is ourselves. But you pray in a heavenly language, it's going to edify your soul. It's going to help you crucify the flesh. And when we crucify the flesh, we lift up the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men unto you. Also, this church equips you with the right weapons. And the weapons of our warfare today are not carnal, but still mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. The fourth sign, I got to hurry. The fourth sign 
when marriages would be obsolete. Hmm. Wow. Marriages would become obsolete. The whole strategy of Satan has been for 6,000 years to destroy the family. God very much is in favor of the family. Aren't you glad of that? He's not willing that any would perish. He's not willing that no one of our families would be left behind. Before I go any further with this fourth sign, aren't you glad we have a merciful God we serve? We have a merciful God that's in this house today. We have a God that forgives a repentant heart. But on this fourth sign, which is marriages would become, has become obsolete, there are two issues in Genesis chapter 1. This is your homework for today. So read Genesis chapter 1, verse 24 through 31. Because there are two issues of life that violates God's demand, God's family, and God's will. And both destroys the family of God. The first one is homosexuality. It is an abomination in the eyes of God. But there's a merciful God that wants to warn and give knowledge to every walk of life. The second issue that destroys the family is abortion. And I want to inform this congregation today why people are anti-abortion, why conservatives do not believe in abortion. Here it is. According to real news, not fake news, National Medical Society, 18 days after conception, a little baby has a heartbeat. 42 days after conception, a little baby has a brain waves. The brain waves are detected. 52 days after conception, the baby has hiccups and yawns. That's because the mama is eating Mexican food. And Cajun, I guess. Eight weeks after conception, air organs begin to function. Nine weeks after conception, the little baby has fingernails, fingerprints. Ten weeks after conception, it feels pain. And 12 weeks after conception, it begins to smile. America that 
is a human being. I didn't do that in the first service. The fifth sign of the coming of the Lord, when Christians would not know that we are in war. We now have a church society that just wants to attend the house of God to appease her conscience. We now have a church society that has changed the glory of God and no longer desires the glory of God. Because in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul warns the church for, for 2,000 years that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness and spiritual wickedness. And listen to this one. Rulers of darkness in high places. Washington, D.C. Church attendance has fallen. The United States of America's population is 328 million. And the stats say that we have 60 million so-called Christians. I would like for that statistic to say we have now 60 million born-again Christians. Church attendance, now only 20% of America regularly goes to church. That was the stat of 1990. And now in 2004, the last stat was 17% only go to church regularly. Let me move on. The sixth sign, we now are experiencing a slow drift in the wrong direction to where now we have a society that desires to walk down the broad paths of recustomizing Christianity to fit our lifestyle and not Christ-like style. A desire now in America that lust after fake news and not real good news. Now we have a society who rebels the warning. And God always sends a warning before a judgment. And I want to tell you, God still loves America to tell us the truth. Rebelling warning, though. And now we continue to fulfill that second prophecy of a society worshiping a God they no longer pray to. The seventh sign, when a Muslim state could intimidate the world, including the United States of America. 911 birth 
this change in America. By the way, Islam is not just a religion. It is a government that has a desire to kill the United States of America and especially the foundation of America. And the foundation of America and the success of America, it is not our academia, it is not our education, it is not our oil and gas, it is not our fashion. The foundation of America and the blessings of America is for no other reason than the gospel of Jesus Christ who has saved America from a place called hell. If you don't have a prayer life in these closing days and times. You will not understand the truth in the pulpits of America. I want to say that again. I didn't say it in the first service. If you don't have a prayer life in these closing days of grace, you will not understand the truth and the message and the warnings in the pulpits of America. It is very possible that God has ceased to deal with three types of things. It is very possible that God has now ceased to deal with some nations. It is very possible that he has ceased to deal with individuals. And he has even ceased, I believe, my opinion, to deal with certain churches because of rebellion. The key sign to Noah's flood was the fact, it said this, that man's heart was continuously evil. That verse has jumped into my spirit every morning I turn on the news to where you and I are now having, you don't have to, we're now listening to fake news from evil components that have a desire to destroy the foundation of America, which is still the gospel of Jesus Christ. The end of God dealing with mankind started about 20, 25 years ago concerning true news. In the historical day of the invasion, on 911 launched 10 areas of change. And I just want to mention them to you this morning, real quickly. One, it changed our nation to where now we have disrespect for the military and to the police force. Secondly, our economics changed to where now the scriptures that say the love of money is the root of all evil. Every action, every evil action that's taken place in Washington, D.C. is because of money. The church has changed. Now we have too many churches that have had that have have uh, adopted a spirit of depression and oppression and are now drifting into a lane of one God fits all. Ministries have changed to gain a crowd 
to preach a junk gospel and fake news, lusting after fake news instead of the good news. America has changed. They have destroyed a divine history. They lust after fake news. Our nation now lusts to hear lies. Hollywood has even changed. This might be a surprise to you, but if you haven't noticed, Kathy and I, we don't go to a lot of movies. We try to go to them, and we don't go to R-rated movies. We tried to go see Midway yesterday, but it was packed full. But maybe you haven't noticed that most movies now promote animated characters and animals and sci-fi heroes. Why? So not to offend anyone in our world today. Well, y'all getting quiet on this one. The political arena continues to be evil-minded. Religion is now the savior of America. Religion. Religion is not our savior. Jesus Christ, born-again experience, is our savior. Religion is now the savior of America. Christianity has even changed. What do you mean by that? To where now there is another Jesus being preached in the pulpits of America. And another spirit that has become another gospel. And it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said there is no other gospel. And then our world has now set themselves up in looking for a man with a solution. Eighth, real quickly, when morality would be a free fall, alcohol and drugs and now homosexuality has been forced into our society and even into our little sons and daughters in school that this is normal and now homosexuals have more rights than Christians. Nine, the ninth sign. We might get a little quiet on this one, or quieter. When atheists would become angry and bold, because nine years ago you had a political party who voted God off their platform. What does that mean, Brother Rod? Let me tell you what that means. It means you now have a political party that is anti-God, anti-Word, and anti-Christ. And a seedless gospel of Jesus Christ has now reaped a godless political society in America. The results of voting God off the platform has reaped politicians that have twisted Bible words and now bizarre fake news instead of truth. And now we have politicians in Washington who denies Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Fulfilling Judges 17, they have become right in their own eyes, forsaken the truth and lust after fake news, and now disrespects a voted-in president of the United States of America, evil has now become good. And good 
has now become evil. I had the privilege to meet the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. As I sat down with him before his election, and I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time because other people were wanting to talk with him. As I got to rise up and leave, he, he asked me to sit back down, and this is what he said to me. He said, Reverend, I can't, you can't tell people who to vote for in the pulpit. And I said, Mr. Abbott, I may not be able to tell people who to vote for in the pulpit, but I'm for sure can tell people who not to vote for. And as a born-again Christian, as a God-called, ordained evangelist in the assemblies of God, as a born-again husband, father of two, grandfather of ten, I can for sure tell people and warn people that I cannot afford to vote for a platform that voted God off their platform. And we as Christians need to think about our future of our children in the next four years if Jesus tarries. If you want to see a picture of the political arena in 2019, your homework for today is Proverbs 17. Last but not least, 10th sign, and perhaps probably the most important one. When America would turn her back on Israel. If evil, liberal politicians take over Washington with ungodly character, then so goes America, so goes Israel. Church, the rapture of the church could take place today. And God is not willing for anyone to perish that's why he has warned Calvary Temple today in San Antonio, Texas. Would you lift your hands and love the Lord? Father, we praise you today. So thankful that we can come to a church and hear the truth and not be deceived. God, we know today that we're living in perilous times. And Father, we have sons and daughters, grandchildren. Perhaps we are here today, God, we have prodigal sons and prodigal daughters that are not ready to go in the rapture of the church. God, help us today not just to assume that just because we attend this great church, Calvary Temple, that we're ready for the rapture of the church. Help us, God, in our within the inward man that we know 
we know that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That we know we've been born again. Oh God, forgive America today. Forgive us. And I pray again today, God, that you would bless America. You'd bless the American pulpit today, God. You would anoint men and women to preach this gospel because we need the truth. Oh, God, don't let us bow to the mood of the masses. Don't let us bow, God, to the evil political issues. God, help us. Help us. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com, connect with us on Facebook, or call us at 210-657-3578.